How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Breakfast with the Boys, your weekly bite of college and professional sports. I'm your host, David, joined today by Drew, Stephen, and Alex. Uh, it's kind of going to be a two-sport day today, talking a lot of NBA, a lot of NFL. Uh, before we hop in, I know Drew's got a couple things uh, that he wants to mention. I think, what, golf and those blues, golf, baby? Yeah, golf, blues, congrats to the blues. That was, that was pretty big. Um, that was a huge... Surprise! Uh, not that it was a neck and neck game as we all saw. <laughs> Blues pretty much took the lead and stuck with the lead. Um, it was unbelievable how many people were expecting, betting, and just assumed Boston was going to win that. Um, not that Boston needs any more championships, but it was. Uh, I mean, it was in Boston. They were. I know to, that's the biggest part, that, and that would have been the first. Uh, that would have been their first win at home for the cup. Uh, for Boston, wow, yeah, uh, and that and they did not get it. Jordan Bennington, um, man, shout dude, out to him. Yeah, I mean, great rookie season. Um, and you know, he only got he only got paid six hundred fifty thousand dollars for this year. That was Dang. that was his rookie contract. That's just hockey, right? And now they're gonna have to restructure the whole thing. And uh, we can do this another time. Hockey has a whole fucking procedure for restructuring things and signing guys again. They have third party third party viewers that like if the player player doesn't agree on what he's gonna get paid and the team doesn't want to pay more he can have a third party person come in and judge it's like baseball how much, it's yeah. called arbitration yep yeah yep. anyway we don't have to get into it but no. yeah he did great he did great no um he took so many shots straight to the chest i mean I, for everyone who watched it you saw it. they the bruins had like 20 shots on goal in the first period and the blues had nine and the blues were ahead 2-0 <laughs> it's like this is like insane he started the year in boston's minor league program as their fourth string goalie ended up getting cut obviously the blues went through i think the blues were actually the worst team in hockey uh, oh at the very beginning of january oh yeah no yeah they were the worst they started they were the worst team in hockey and like you said a couple weeks ago steven they started out horribly and then just brought it cycling through goalies and goalies and then they find this kid yeah and bennington just stepped up they did great yeah not and that was on that was on wednesday Everyone, you know, most people saw it. It was, it was a good, fun thing to watch. I enjoyed watching the Blues win. Um, but, yeah, so that was hockey. Good stuff. Golf is going on right now. As we speak, who's Gol- up? Golf is exciting. Um, as of right now, Woodland. we're sitting still We're sitting at the exact, yeah, still same spot. None of them have teed off yet. Uh, we have Wood- Woodland, Woodland's in first, uh, Rose is in second, Kupka's tied for third. Uh, with three other guys, and so I'm rooting for Kupka here. I would be stoked if he took the three P. First time anybody would have done it since the Great Depression. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, he yeah three U.S. Open championships in a row. Uh, that's gonna be sick if he does it. Uh, Justin Rose is not someone I expected to be in second place, and that's pretty cool that he's up there. Good for him. They're all playing really good golf. The English um, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all playing really good golf. Our boy Tiger is not anywhere near that. Uh, for those of you who looked up who Tiger was last time when I talked about it, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's not anywhere near up there, poor guy. And uh, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Um, uh, who was it? What the? Who snapped his club? <laughs> it's always great when somebody snaps. Get, I was, <laughs> it I was. was uh, to get you to tell me who it was earlier. I, was, I can't remember who. I gotta remember who it was. Saw it on ESPN, and he he snaps a metal club He's, right over his knee. <laughs> Oh, it was Patrick Reed. He's so we've all done it when we're golfing, right? You like he's on he's on the fringe, just barely off the green, and he goes to he goes to do just a little scoop chip, right, to put it up there and have it roll, and he and he scoops it, Top and it. it literally goes two inches forward, oh, and he literally just snaps his club. The best part is his caddy 
already has another club out ready waiting for him. <laughs> he knows he's going to snap it. The he's caddy just, was expecting The caddy it. was literally holding the club out waiting for him to snap his first club. And he just takes the second club and puts it up. That was... I had a good time watching that. But, yeah, no, we, we still have to wait. Uh, right now, it's 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 uh, 2-12 our time here in Oregon. So, we're waiting for, for the lead guys to take off. But that'll be fun to watch. It'll be yes. really exciting. Yeah, it will be fun. And talking about... Uh, you know, kind of underdog teams winning it. Um, we we all know now Toronto took their, their first championship earlier this week. Uh, and I would love to hear, particularly like Steven and Alex, since you guys are, are kind of the, the NBA uh, experts in our group, uh, just what you think about it. Um, you know, I, I wa- this is my first, like, championship I actually cared about. And I have some strong emotions, and I've only been a basketball fan, a real one, for a couple months. I guess I'll take the reins on this one just to start it off, but I, I do want to say a huge congratulations to the Toronto Raptors for their first ever championship. Like that is fantastic for the city, fantastic for the organization. Uh, Masai Hajiri did a great job putting that team together. Best best president GM in the whole league. I know he has some legal troubles going on right now because of their celebration, but we'll you know we'll skip <laughs> over that. What I'm saying though is that if Kevin Durant and and Clay Thompson don't go down. That's Warriors. that's a different game. That's, that's, that's Warriors a different in game. six, not Toronto in <laughs> six. And and we all know that. Let's just be. It's be fair. I would have loved to see Kevin that. Durant healthy is the best player in the world, arguably. Uh, top at least, three, at least, nothing at least else. top three, nothing top else. Top three, exactly. nothing so else. So that changes the entire series. Have you have or had you had a a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy Clay Thompson, a confident Steph Curry, a confident Draymond. A maybe even working back from the fringe, you saw a little bit what Boogie could do, uh, mm-hmm. just with the limited amount of hamstring that that guy even had. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm I'm just saying, the the circumstances different, and you can't. That's like that's like the parallel universe kind kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like you can't. That's just mm-hmm. it, what actually happened is what happened. The Raptors won. Kawhi yeah. stepped up, and they took it. Like, and they took that, it that's from the, them. That, I think in Golden State from. So. From being like sort of a casual fan for a long time, that's the thing that was most frustrating is everybody was like, well, the Warriors were injured. And I'm like, people are injured all the time. And literally, like, Kawhi Leonard has been limping since Series 1. He played hurt the whole time. Fred Van Fleet apparently couldn't even feel anything on his thumb. And not that I'm like a huge basketball player, but you kind of like need your thumbs to like shoot and dribble and pass and do all that. Like, yes, the Warriors were hurt. Toronto also went out and put it to Golden State three times in Golden State. Yeah, like, that, that and, and, and I realize we're talking about like Kevin Durant and all that stuff, but like you still have Steph Curry on your team. Like you still have a league MVP, a finals MVP on your team. You still have Draymond Green, who's a multiple time all NBA defensive player. Like everybody's talking like, you know, it's it's this like crazy thing. The Warriors still with those pieces still have as many pieces as any other team in the in the NBA, and Toronto still took it to them. But any other team in the NBA isn't in the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals representing the Western Conference. What I'm saying is, sure, okay, let's skip over KD and Clay. What about Kevon Looney? What about Andre Iguodala? Both of those guys got hurt in this series. Both of those guys are not even in the series the series before, and they couldn't even contribute the way that they've been contributing. But like I said, I get it. Congratulations to Toronto. The, the actual how it happened was fantastic. I, I loved seeing the passion of a whole country come out uh, in this series, and you get to see you know there was some symbolic ambassadors cool, ambassadors cool of Canada yeah, like Drake come out and be able to share the love with the city of Toronto and share the love with Canada. 
And even even the Canadian basketball players, like guys that you know, just a young kid from the six, Chris Boucher, he got a ship. Shout out to Oregon. Um, it's 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 I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Golden State, and I'm not a fan of Toronto, but I'm a fan of good basketball, mm-hmm. and good on good on them, good hey, on Kawhi. Speaking of fans of basketball, I think that's something that's kind of kind of gone under the just so many injuries and so many talk, people talking about free agency. During these finals, I think we kind of forgot about the basketball that was happening during these things. And uh, I think David, you said Toronto went out there and won it. Um, I'm more of this. I'm still more of the mindset that Golden State lost this finals because of injuries more than Toronto winning it. Yes, Toronto won the games, but I think Milwaukee would have been there. I think Milwaukee would have won. I think if Philadelphia was there, I think Philadelphia would have won. I think if Boston would have got their shit together and they were there, Boston would have won. Um, so I just think that, you know this to me shows us. That you should always try to win, right. because you just don't know what's going to happen yep. around the year. And that's a huge shout out to Masai. Like I hope all his legal, all his legal stuff just in the side. Let's forget about it and move on. Shout out to Toronto. Shout out to Drake. Shout out to the fans. But shout out to the organization. Shout out to Kyle Lowry, who's been there since day one. Right. Yeah, let's go six. Let's baby go. Baby face, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and most importantly, I I think it's about Drake, man. I mean. Shout out to it's him. It's about Drake. No, That's but, it. But no, it's about him being Drizzy, able Drizzy to. Drizzy Drake, shout out. Exactly. Drizzy Drake, if you're out there, give me a holler, dude. Steven Seagal, baby. <laughs> oh my God. The Steven Seagal. Drake was, he put this, he, a lot with Kawhi's help, galvanized an organization that kind of felt like they lost it all with DeRozan being traded. They felt like they lost their, their guy. And Kyle Lowry felt that way. But because Drake's motivation, Drake's attitude with Kawhi being the leader that he is, they're able to put it together. So that's all I really got to say about the playoffs is good for good for Toronto and unfortunate for Golden State that they're going to be – they might have close to $400 in pay, payroll next year. $400? $400 million. $400 million in payroll, and there's a chance they don't even make the playoffs next year. And that's disappointing for this the city of, Gold, uh, city of San Francisco – and sad for the real fans of Golden State. But I don't think this is the end of a dynasty. That's they're not was, a dynasty. That's what I was going to ask. It's an end of a run. This reminds me, they're not, the, they're not the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls era. But remember, Michael took two years off and they were able to make another run. So this, they're not a dynasty. Did they win three in a row? That's what that's constitutes a dynasty. Go look up, look it up. Um, <laughs> Alex is giving me looks over here like, oh, they're a dynasty because they won three out of five. Did they win back to back? Yeah, did they win three in a row? No, so they're not a dynasty. Sorry about it. You went to the finals five years in a row. Yeah, so did LeBron, and everyone else didn't say shit about it. Everyone's like, eight times in a row, but he only won three, so fuck LeBron. No, fuck that. Fuck that. It's with three different teams in the last, like, five years. Yeah, he made it with two different teams to the finals, right? by the way, right? So he made it eight years in a row, and we're not giving him anything, and all of a sudden we're going to give it to Golden State for making a five. Great for Golden State. They're going to make another run once everyone's healthy. They'll go win another two, in my opinion. But let's not get this confused that this dynasty, it's sad to see an end of an era, this era. But I think they're going to reload. I think they'll bring back some pieces. Two years from now, watch out, they'll be competing again. But for another couple years, they'll be out. As a casual fan, mine's really quick. Again, I'm more like David, casual fan. But I thought it was, I'm I'm a... Blazers fan first, a Golden State fan second, Bay Area. Man, but, how can uh, you be a fan of both those teams? I mean, I know, right? A couple of losers. But, uh, no, I just but, I feel like uh, they but, hate each other too much. They I don't do. Know. Well, I was raised up to be a Golden State fan and now I live in Oregon. So, you know, best of, worst of both worlds, whatever. But, uh, no, I thought it was, it was you know, we, we did a lot of talking. Everyone just kind of saw it and we saw Golden State kind of starting to drag ass a little bit. Everyone was tired. Curry was making a lot of mistakes and they looked really 
beat on. I thought it was kind of cool to see the other players obviously step up and start making great plays. And Clay Thompson was just lighting the court on fire. And it was I thought it was just fun to see as a basketball fan. And, and I, I would have loved to see Golden State win. I'm happy Toronto won. Again, casual. But I, I, I thought it was really cool seeing them all step up and kind of helping lift the team. And they made a great comeback. They you know, tried to make a great comeback. They, and, it, and it looked really good. And I was really excited for an exciting game, exciting series. It was really cool. They were 12 seconds away from forcing a game seven. Yeah, with and that no, would have been fun. With no Kevin Durant yeah. or Clay Thompson helping yep. in the second half. Yeah. That shows and they the, had they everyone Tom- healthy. Alex is right. They went in six. The, they the went Clay, in five. The Clay, Tom- the Clay Thompson injury definitely played a role on that's it. That's a nail in the coffin. Yeah. That is. And that I, was a huge... That was a, Both physically and... You don't have his presence on the field, on the court, whatever sport this is. Not even that. You're still... You, you not... He's not on the court, and you're thinking about exactly. why he's that's, not on the court. That's oh my exactly gosh, it. My yeah, guy, like, yeah, he's, he's not there. And now all of a sudden, right, we're we're putting in somebody who wasn't just there, who's not working this team, and 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 it's a med- mental mess up. And not and like I said, Andre Iguodala was also injured. So not only did they lose yeah. play, they lost Andre previously to that. So they were on Alfonso McKinney had to step up. And yeah. In the right. finals in Game Six, who? Game Seven, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I do. I, I want to talk about like more of. Free agency and what it means for for next year and all this stuff in in later uh, episodes. But I do have a question again for for you guys before we head into the draft here. It seems frustrating and a little premature. Like you mentioned that you think they're going to be back. It seems crazy to me that everybody is basically like, well, the Warriors are sunk. They're done. They're garbage. It's over. And I'm like, are we forgetting that? Like what you just said. They were 12 seconds away to going game seven without those guys. And everybody's like, they're gone. It's, it's over. They're garbage. And I'm like, literally, of the 30 teams, what, 26 of them would take Golden State's current roster minus KD, minus Clay. They would take that roster over whatever they have. Like 26 of 30 teams probably. And everybody's like, the Warriors are done. It's over. They're not making the playoffs. It's garbage. And I'm like, I'll take Steph Curry and Draymond and a full roster of guys who have been to a ship over – 80% of the rosters in the league. Like, it it seems unfathomable to me that barring, like, a Steph Curry injury or a Greymond injury, that even is, like, a 7th or 8th seed, which seems disrespectful, but that the Warriors miss the playoffs next year. I, I absolutely don't believe they're going to miss the playoffs. I think without Klay Thompson, without Kevin Durant, they still are going to be a 7th or 8th seed out in the West. And with the right the right matchups, with a healthy Klay Thompson is supposed to be back by the yep. March time, start of the playoffs. So if you can get him back fully healthy and you start the playoffs... Who knows what type of run they can make depending on the team. Say they're facing a young Denver team and yep. as a two seed and they're the seventh seed. I think they can beat Denver. You know what I mean? I think they can beat that team. Um, so why I think people do that is just we're, we're subject to this in every single thing. It doesn't have to do with sports or recency bias, right? right? That's what we our society is all about. And that's a cause of social media bullshit like that. Yeah. We're just looking at them and saying they're done. They don't have two yeah. of their players. They're done. And I think it's, it, it's kind of a respectful thing for Golden State that people are saying that. Because I think people are saying they're never going to be to that same right. level. And I kind of agree. Yeah, they might like, not ever get to that same level yep. of competitiveness. But that's just a testament to how great of a team they have been. Right. To say, yeah, they won't be back there. But to say they're not going to make the playoffs is just crazy. And I think Alex would agree with that. Alex probably has them being a four seed. Well, I, I, <laughs> d- I definitely have them being up there. The re- you can't forget who their head coach is, what he's done as a player. Their GM, Bob he, Myers. Exactly, their GM, Bob Myers, what he's done over these past years. These, these guys are geniuses. Like, these guys know basketball like the back of their hand. And, yes, Clay's going to be injured for a while, but you still have Steph, you still have Dre, uh, Iggy's coming back. You, can, you could most definitely convince free agents like Vince Carter 
to come, you know, probably play in Golden State for his last year. You know, he's he's one year left. N- yeah, he's got one year left. He's not on the Atlanta Hawks roster anymore. Pretty and uh, I just I feel like even against a Denver, uh, I don't I don't think they would win that Denver series. But just about everybody else, Denver and Portland, honestly, I, I don't think that Lakers, Golden State. They can beat the Lakers. I think. That, uh, but it's, it's hard before like free agency because right now the Lakers have like six dudes on their roster. Right, and yeah. it's and it's like Anthony that. Davis <laughs> and LeBron James versus the whole Golden State. But squad. that's what I think of Golden State as too. I mean, they have Steph Curry and Draymond, and then a thirty-seven-year-old Iggy and a thirty-four-year-old Ste- uh, Sean Livingston. Like, what's the difference between Golden State and the Lakers? I right? just well, the Lakers are strapped for cash. As, so, whoa, whoa, and, Golden and, State's and, not like we just talked about. As how, soon as as soon as they. How was I going to say this? As soon as they restructure deals, sign people to, like like what the Lakers are about to do with Anthony Davis and offer him the two hundred and ten million dollar contract max extension, then that opens up what twenty million dollars for them? Yeah, twenty three million. Twenty three million dollars. So that opens up about two mid level players for for, or for, for five LA. Low, yeah, exactly. But not Golden State has no money to spare. Zero. Don't look at me like that. I mean, they have. They are so far in the luxury tax that if they sign back Clay Thompson and they bring back Kevin Durant, well, they're not going to bring back KD. Okay, I'm just saying if they brought back, but even if they bring back just Clay Thompson, they are still three hundred million dollars payroll right there. They're so far in the luxury tax that every five million they spend, they get another twenty million dollars in taxes. But this so is they, so Valley. even if they're in the, I get that and I understand that, but you that that team are you. You, are you willing to spend almost a quarter of a billion dollars to be a seven seed? For the last five years, they've shown that they will spend whatever it takes to get KD there, to get keep Clay there, to get keep uh, Draymond there, to get Boogie to sign for four million dollars. When like, they, they had money, but they don't have any money do, to do it. They'll work now. anything. I have a question. Anything. It's Silicon Valley. They buy if, stocks, trade stocks. Let's if, go, baby. If James Harden hadn't skipped second grade and learned how to share, do you think the fucking Rockets could, could, could <laughs> get to where the the Raptors were? Yes. Uh, cool. Yeah, but they're yes. in a little bit. They have a little bit of a uh, family issue going on right now. Yeah, too. With Chris Paul. Not Shout out to really James Harden. Not learning how to share. <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, like I, said, I think there's a lot to talk about over the the next coming weeks. Especially if we like get into free agency. We'll see where guys actually get drafted. We'll see where all these guys get landed. Um, you know, a, a lot of shaping happens over the next eight weeks in in the NBA. That's going to make a big deal going into to next year. Part of that is the draft. Um, so would love to transition uh, again. Steve and Alex kind of expecting um, some lead here because you guys know a lot more than Drew and I do about basketball. Um, but what are you guys looking forward to? Because the draft is coming up pretty quickly, right? It's the twentieth um, is the draft Thursday. Here. So Thursday. coming up on Thursday. So where are you guys thinking, guys? Will go. I know we kind of talked about the top three, um, but would love to dive in a little deeper now. I mean, picks or trade like are already moving around and, and yeah. All yesterday this. was a big day. For the Pelicans, for the Lakers, uh, that deal went down with Anthony Davis, where the Lakers traded Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart, and three, four? Three, the number four pick. Okay, the number four pick, but I was going to say, and three first round picks. A couple of them are trade swaps, so like it's just... You know, it's first round or yeah, first round. You give me your first round, I give you my first uh, Whatever round. The, the worst is or the best is. Right, you know exactly. is going to get the better pick out of the ones. They should, they hit home, dude. They got, so, they so the, got. I mean, so the Pelicans are going to take Zion Williams with number one. Yep. And now they have the number four pick. So and that, you're guessing what? What are the two guys that are going two, three in your guys' opinion? Number one, two, three, it's, it's, it's decided. Yes. It's decided. It's, go ahead. Zion? Yep. yep. It's Jaw and, and RJ. RJ. And that's after, what I thought. After that, it, it, 
it becomes a little interesting. I think the most hyped about three players to go for are going to be DeAndre Hunter, Jarrett Culver, and Darius Garland. One of those three guys will get drafted at number four, in my opinion. I don't really think anyone else is there that is not too much of a risk. I really, there's some guys I love, but I think are a little high for number four. Alex is shaking his head. I'm not really sure where he's going to go with his fourth pick. I'm not really sure where you think is going to be a guy who's going to come back in at four. Actually, Above those three that's guys. way too high for this guy you're about to mention. Dude, he is injury prone. I cannot believe you're gonna say he's gonna get drafted fourth no, overall. Not fourth overall. He's gonna be a top ten pick. Is and that's, that's why. Fine, and that's why I'm. I'm like, talking four right now. I, I yeah. feel like somebody would reach for that though. Maybe. You know and what who I is mean? this? Yeah, who is this? The, the guy who I'm talking about is Roy Hachimura out of Gonzaga. This kid hmm. uh, led the West, West, the the, the whack yes. uh, this year in points and rebounds. I do believe this I kid believe. was a he was a slayer for Gonzaga. I just the way that he plays is so fluid. He yes, yes, Steven said he is injury prone. I think he sat out three. See, I was pointing games. at Bull Bull, and I was talking about Bull Bull going mm. forward. Rue, I actually love, and I I don't think four. I think four is too high. He wasn't really injured that much this year. I was no, talking he more about only Bull three Bull. Games, but they yeah. were pretty, you know, significant. Whatever. What I'm saying is, I think Roy Hachimura is a top ten pick anywhere from four to ten. He could slide in there, but what the, the the what I think David was asking is, what do the Pelicans do with that fourth pick? You think trade? And it. I think they trade it. But okay, so where do they trade it? Where are we going with this? Washington. So Washington takes it, but so who does Washington take then? Let's forget about the trade. Who is Washington going to take in your opinion? Well, if they, who's that fourth best player in this draft right now? That's the hardest question for me. It's like, I see a clear top three, but where are we going after that? Yeah. I don't know, right? It's kind of wide open. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and they, it's all, it's there's, it's funny because usually people are like, let's just take best best player available. But it's like, it's who based on that? your team need is what this year's draft seems like it's after all about. After those three guys. After those opinion, three guys, right? there's yeah. no like, oh, this is the fourth best player. It's there is like, no consensus pick. It's like, okay, there's three more guys at each position that right. are, that could be that fourth best player. So like, like. DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Colbert, Hunter, Colbert, Garland, so Colby, are, Kobe White. Co- that's know. a guard, so he's one of the one of the top three guards that could go yep. number four. And then uh, Culver and, and Hunter are two yep. great small, small forward, forward shooting guards. Can, so it's like players. flip a coin. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's uh, This draft is going to be fun. There's going to be lots of trades. There's going to be lots of movement <laughs> between players that are currently on teams and, and players that... So let's say Houston drafts somebody. They're going to trade that guy to somebody who then trades it to somebody. It's like the Brandon Roy effect where Brandon Roy got drafted by Minnesota and then he ends up in Portland. You know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. just, there's going to be a lot of movement draft day, and see, I'm stoked. See, I'm of the opposite mind that we won't see a whole lot of movement because the Ooh. draft is just so open where I think a lot of player, a lot of teams are going to think, why should I move up when I know? And, and I get I get, I know where you're going to go with this. Let me just give, let me give yeah, my, no, no, my pick for number yeah, four before absolutely. you do. Uh, it's, it's DeAndre Hunter. Um, Virginia. He, he's out of Virginia. He's a 6'7 wing who measures. Uh, he's very similar to OG uh, Anabwe out of Toronto as far as length goes. Can guard multiple positions. And he shot 44% from three-point range this last season to Virginia while shutting down Jarrett Culver, who's a great player in the national championship. He is game. a national champion as well. So for me, I look at him as that. He He's definitely – some people have described him as a Kawhi Leonard type player in this draft. He is not that good. Let's not get carried away. But he's a great pick and a great player to fit right in with Zion and with Brandon Ingram and with Josh Hart and Lonzo. So for me, he's a guy that goes at number four. And then from there, I think Culver and Garland, one of those five, six, I think that's where we're going to end up with this draft. Um, You know what I find hilarious is the fact that our 
you know, like joking prediction of RJ and Zion ending up on the same team and balling out for New Orleans together, that's not too far-fetched now. It, it still can happen because the Knicks are enamored with Jarrett Culver, and it shocks me that they think he's that much better than R.J. Barrett. Well, RJ, or they think at least he's on the same level as R.J. Barrett because they're thinking about taking him. Well, let's just say the Knicks trade back one pick. That's all they have to do. So they just essentially just give up one guy, but then they're going to get something from the Pelicans. Something. Yeah. you got to get something. So And maybe it's those picks from the Lakers. They use some of those picks from the Lakers to then go ahead and trade. right? And get Zion and R.J., plus you have Lonzo and... And yeah. Ingram and Hart. That's a that's a young, fun squad. So I gotta ask you this. Um, just give me some of your biggest, your biggest bust slash. You know your biggest guys that have the biggest risk but great amount of reward. Who who's your guy this year, Alex? Who do you? Because I'm gonna tell you my guy. My guy's Bull Bull. Well, I was my I guy's was, Bull and Bull. I feel right? like it's hard to go with anybody. Like even as a casual fan, it feels like. Just the, the draft, it feels hard to go with anybody else because Bol Bol seems like one of those guys who could step up. He could literally start for your NBA team or he could show up to training camp, get hurt, and you could have wasted that entire pick. Be out for four years, yeah. The, exactly. the other guy that I think is right up there is Saaku Diambo, who is going to be the first foreign player drafted this year out of France. Uh, really long, 6'9", around 200. He's a little small, but his jumper is fluent. I like him out of France a lot. Somebody you can stash even for a couple of years. So I don't think he's necessarily ready to make that NBA jump. But um, I wanted to hear, Alex, what, where are we at with this? Do you, is it Bull Bull for you? Is it Cam Reddish? Who is it? Uh, no, I actually love Cam Reddish coming out of the draft. I think he's one of the best pure shooters in this draft. I'm stoked to see where he ends up. He he might be a number four pick. Yeah, you never know. You know what I mean? Right there. Um, but, yeah, I'm Bull Bull averaged 30 points per game at the University of Oregon for the six games that he played or whatever it was, nine games. I know right. he's very injury prone, but he can he's a seven footer who can shoot a three yep. at like a 40%, 40% rate. He can bang down on the block. He can rebound. He can push the outlet. Like he can literally do just about anything. Oh, when he's healthy. Well, when he's healthy. Swiss, Swiss when you weigh 208 pounds, he's a little string bean right seven now. foot. Exactly. Yeah. Two. Is, is, not is there a chance also, um, you know, talking about one of one of my favorite players, but I mean, like, not with injury concerns, but like when Giannis came into the league, 6'11", he was tiny. You know, is, is there a chance that like if you're a program, take a shot on Bull Bull, maybe even just kind of sit him for a year. Well, that's See if you can put 20 or 30 pounds on that frame and turn him into like a solid center power forward. It's funny because I'm literally about to say another Oregon Duck who I mentioned earlier in this podcast is Chris Boucher, is who Bull Bull reminds me of. Boucher can but a better, like a, right. like a varsity version of Boucher is a JV kid. Like I think he's a lot better than Boucher. The 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 ceiling is higher. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah. Boucher is only 6'10", Bull Bull 7'1". Two. Seven two, whatever. So there's a little bit of you know what I mean. So he has a little bit of height. He has a little bit better shooting from outside. But but Boucher has been there, put in the work, overcome the injury that he had at University of Oregon, come back. Now he's an NBA champion. I feel like Bol Bol could absolutely do the same thing. Yeah, except he's gonna play. But he also could. He's gonna actually play minutes. Uh, Boucher's never played a minute in his life. It feels like in the NBA, in real matters. He had he was he signed a two way contract this year. He, so he could only play. Yeah, he could only play for forty five days in the NBA, which he did. And he won uh, G League Player of the Year, G League Defensive Player of the Year, G League Most, Impre- uh, Most Improved Player of the Year. Like, he was balling. See, he I was just... an MVP of the G League, which... He's 23? 24. 23, 24 years old? 24. 24 years old? 
Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I just think Bull Bull's got a higher ceiling and a lower floor than Boucher by far, in my opinion. I still, I, I still have Bull Bull. I get where we're coming. The inj- I see where you see the similarities. My issues just with injuries, really. With uh, Bull Bull's really lanky and really just his dad got injured a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Bull got but he is still a guy I really, really love. And I love Rue. By the way, I think Rue's going to be a very versatile four in this NBA. If you're just talking about some guys you mentioned earlier, he could, he could play a three too. I like. Him, I liken him to a, a, a JV Draymond. Yeah, a you know JV I mean? Draymond. He yeah. can get the boards. He can lead the breaks. He can pass. The, he's he is he's versatile. Still, and like his, his his team his, his his teammate out of Gonzaga is a guy I really like as Brandon well. Clark? Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark. Defensive guy. He can shoot the rock. They both are great players. I really like him in the mid in the mid mid teens area, early twenties. I think he can be a really great player for. A team like Boston, who's got three picks in this first round this That's, year. I was going to ask you guys about for? Boston. You know who Boston's going for this year? And I truly believe that it's going to be Kobe White. Kobe White's going to go before the even goes there. I believe they're Kobe White's a top ten pick. They're going to trade up for him. Because they're going to lose They're going to lose Kyrie this year. So, they're, But then they're going to lose, you think, I mean, Terry Rozier's gone then. You yeah. have to, it, it, if you're going to bring Terry back, you have to, he's got to be the starter. You, right. you drop Kobe smart. White with a top ten. Then you're saying bye bye Terry. Well, I have a feeling that Terry has already has his feelings hurt, and he's, he's like, yeah, down. he's already mentally he's gone. Out. And so we have Marcus Smart, who's contractually there and mentally there. Yeah. Like every game Marcus Smart plays is like his last game. Yeah. Dude balls out. But I, I do mean, love Colby though. There's so he's so similar to to Kyrie. Can't you see that play style? That I think he's more aggressive. Than Ooh. Kyrie, as Whoa. far as his coming into the lane, I think his leadership's better because uh, let's let's remember this. Roy Williams hates freshmen. I'll say this again: he hates them. He doesn't play them. He didn't play his other freshmen, but he let Colby White be the leader of this team. And that says as something. Many threes as he That's wanted. saying something. Colby White is a leader, and I really believe he's going to be drafted in the top ten. Uh, a team that I really like him to go to is Chicago. They they're desperate. For a point, a point guard, guard yeah. they are desperate for a point guard. Dude, match him up with Zach Levine, and and you have a three point shooting, yeah, backcourt that is he scary. Shot thirty five from three point in the NCAA, eighty percent from free throws, and averaged sixteen points in only twenty eight minutes. He is a monster. He reminds me a lot of a Jamal Murray type player. Okay, but I think more Jamal thick, Murray, more thick, more aggressive coming into the lane, and a better defender because Roy Williams teaches good defense. So that's a guy that I really, I love a lot of. Awesome. I, do, so I, like I mean, um, obviously there's going to be a, a lot more to talk about. We'll have some post-draft discussion also once um, things go. I mean, one of the teams that I'm looking at uh, is Atlanta. They have the 8th, the 10th, and the 17th pick in the first mm-hmm. round. They also have three picks in the second round. Like also, they have, they have am- ammunition to go. There's This draft could be a lot of fun. Atlanta um, is one of those teams that are trying right now as we speak to trade for that number four pick. Right. So, so beware and look out for a package deal from Atlanta to go to New Orleans and, yep. and add to that youth movement down they, there. They want Hunter or Culver. That's, yeah. they, they want one of those premier wing players. They Atlanta, just got, Atlanta wants them bad. They just got rid of Torian Prince. That's what I'm thinking. They, they, want, they, get they did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think they really want to bring in a guy to kind of... that. What Atlanta is doing, uh, if you guys don't know who the GM of Atlanta is, it's the, one of the old assistants from Golden State. Don't know his name right off the top of my head. But uh, he, was a, he learned everything from Bob Myers. He's trying to create the same team Bob did. Yeah. And we're starting to see that come together. They're just missing a couple pieces. Culver, they need a center to play uh, right next to John Collins. That's uh, Jason Hacks out of Texas is a guy that I think is going to be 
is going to be available, and I like him because he's more of a defensive guy, um, great blocker. Uh, he was his block percentage of ten point six, rated nineteenth nationally. Um, so I like him. I like him being a, a great center, kind of a yeah. bogut type player for awesome. them. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Well, um, with all that, lots to think about, lots to talk about. Uh, we're going to hop into our break here. Uh, when we get back, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, we're going to put, um, theoretically, all of the NFL mascots in, into a cage together and see which one survives. Um, so so tune in after the break. I've got a handful just hearing you guys talk about basketball, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. It's, it's a pretty good size one right now. Okay, we're, 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 t- we're, we're talking like a handful of chairs or something right now. <laughs> And, and, and secondly, I've been prepping for this mascot cage match for a long time, dude. I hope, I hope one of you comes to the table with something stupid. I'm gonna fucking squash that shit. And awesome. we'll tune back with that. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. I am not David, clearly. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna do our uh, NFL mascot cage match challenge fiasco 2019. Oh, it's not thing. Dead. Now. <laughs> so we're gonna come up with no one next year and see who. Yeah, okay. oh, dude. <laughs> Year thing, you're sadly mistaken, dude. New sport next year? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right, I think so it should be biannually, but. Oh, you think so? We'll talk should later. Should we start like that. incorporating other sports too? Because right now yeah. football is God. You so. know what? Let's just throw in tennis players too. I think Rafa Nadal can kick, you know, anybody's oh God, ass. So. He can definitely <laughs> destroy a Titan. Yeah. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not doing that right now. So, what the, what the premise of this is, <laughs> is uh, we are each picking an individual NFL mascot. We each only get one. We're going to do a giant cage match like uh, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire's shitty fucking movie. And <laughs> we are going to be in a cage match. You watch your language there, mister. Yeah, okay. You fucking watch what you say. We have kids listening to Tobey Maguire is a We saint. shouldn't have kids listening to this. <laughs> have you seen Seabiscuit, damn it? Oh my god. Great so note. they're all going into a cage. We're all going to fight. And we each get to pick one. And let's eat it up, slurp it down, and poop it out. Perfect. So since so this was Drew, we go left. So since, go since it was Drew's idea, he does not get first pick. No. I think Alex gets first pick. All right, Alex, let's hear your dumb idea. You know what? What I got to say right here is fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Well, you get fooled once, you can't get fooled twice. <laughs> so I'm taking the Houston Texans in this cage match, baby, because so, the Houston Texan can beat just about anything. So you're going with world. a Texan. A yep. Houston Texan. All right, Steven. All right, Steven. All right. Well, what, what we're going to do, because I didn't lay this out, we're all going to say what we picked, and then we're going to go into theoretical analysis okay, of, everybody of their fights. Yep, yep, yep. Go I ahead, Steven. This. Go ahead, Steven. Right. So uh, we've kind of been talking about this for a couple weeks now, and I'm sticking with the pick that I made, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Oh, Titans, Titan is intense. Yeah, that's a good Titans, pick. Yep. I, and I'm picking a specific Titan. I'm putting Kronos in this bitch right what now. Up? Let's go, you know Kronos. What, you know who's bigger than Kronos? Texas. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm going to go with something that covers the whole world, will kill anything at any point in time. Nobody knows how to control it. That's a uh, a uh, Chargers lightning bolt, dude. <laughs> hey, lightning bolt, dude. You ever heard of a hurricane? Or a tornado? Is that, an, <laughs> is that an NFL team? We got all those in Texas. We've survived those. Oh we God. conquered those. We are Texas strong. Here we go, Houston Texans. Woo! Oh my God. Alright, David, go ahead and make your fucking pick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to say right now. But I'm going to the city of New York. Um, I'm gonna take the Giants. Okay, that's not that's not bad. That's, that's not, not bad. bad. That's, that's not, not bad. bad. And you guys took most of the good ones. Anyways. I know. I know. I'm, I'm always stuck with last. It's yeah. okay. I'm probably not gonna win it, but we're just going for second place here. So I'm taking Giants. Oh, David. So all right, sounds good. Sounds good. So 
So, uh, already, Texans are out, dude. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. You're you can just leave the table. Wait, no, Texans do whatever group, group, group vote for the Texans being out. All in favor, say aye. 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 All those who disagree? Wrong. Okay, well, it's 3-1. <laughs> <three laughs> <one. laughs> yeah. Okay, so we got Titans, we got Giants, and we got the Chargers bolt. Yep. Because, actually, the San Diego mascot is a Charger, which is a horse. Which would totally get crushed Why by either Titans two, or Giants. There are three horses in the NFL. There are. There are. Bullshit. There are. But I'm going. I'm going with the. I'm going with the Lightning. The Broncos, bolt. the Colts, and now the fucking Chargers are all of a sudden. I'm going. Horse? I'm going. Now they were in San Diego. Now I'm going with. I'm going with different? the. Li- I'm going with the Lightning Bolt now. Okay, so you have the Lightning Bolt. The picture. So their picture. So I'm also um, probably going to tap out here because you would. Giants you would put up good against Giants getting struck by lightning. Probably not going to go well. And Kronos versus a giant. Kronos is going to win. Let's so, go. So you know what? Don't so get here, struck by lightning. No, Texans do. Texas get struck Texas by lightning. Literally, <laughs> the state of Texas gets struck by lightning more than most other fucking but states. Besides not Kansas. Yeah, that, but that place okay, is a hell so, <laughs> so, if anybody has watched the movie Hercules, you know how this goes down. Okay, because Titans got struck by lightning. Hercules and they still did not. They still did not win. But... I will let Drew go first. So, Drew, you're going to make your argument why your lightning bolt is better than Steven's Titans. I'll be honest. And then Steven is going to make his argument on why his Titans will be your lightning bolt. Again, if you want to see how this goes down in real life, just go watch Hercules from, like, the 90s. <laughs> it's a cartoon movie. Shit. You'll see Zeus throw lightning bolts at the Titans. The Titans just walk right through it. They put him in chains, and you need Hercules, who is, like, a half-Titan, half-human. Yeah, we know who Hercules is. Probably a person. What the listeners don't know is that David literally watched the whole movie as like a breakdown analysis yep, for this argument. I yeah, love it. It's true. I love it. So he's like, hold on, honey, I gotta refresh up on my analysis over here. Let me just watch Hercules really quick. Watch this okay. animated Hercules. So, movie really so quick. if I second, if second, if, if second, <laughs> always, I always say that. Oh my god! If <laughs> second, Meg, is dude. this my, this, this dude, my, That's our next. That's our next survey right there. Biggest like. Butthole in the Disney series. It, that's definitely Meg. Yeah, Meg's the worst. I know she sucks. Like, she sucks. Dylan, she's she the likes. worst. She's worse than Hades in that she, movie. She, she definitely, she's she definitely sucks. She's no one fed, likes. Yeah, she, she, she fed definitely fed sucks. Hercules right yeah. to Hades' yeah. mouth. She's like, yeah. here you go. Yeah, she definitely sucks. Like, she's you're perfect. Whatever. whatever. On a side note, this might be our best segment ever. <laughs> <laughs> but if second place means that uh, Stevens Titans are holding my lightning bolt in their big strong arms, I'm okay with that. I'll go ahead and take. I'll go ahead and take that. But I mean, like the. Two people at the table, Steven versus Drew, that is kind of like a Titans versus Lightning Bolt fucking situation. Yeah, it is. That's, it is. That's a little bit what it is. If right I was there. to ask George W. who wins, though, I'd guarantee he says a Houston Texan. God damn it. He dude. probably would. Well, That's he loses if he can't say the word nuclear, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and just tap out one out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was questionable. He probably drives one. It's fine. <laughs> 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 That was great. He's, right. like, he's yeah, like, wait yeah, a second. Yeah. Let, let me go look at my tailgate. T I T A N. Titan. N apostrophe. N apostrophe S. All right, so is there any chance that Drew's lightning bolt takes out the Titans? I mean, like, I, mean, like, I feel like now. there's some Titans that couldn't harness. Like, if you're going to go with, like, like Hercules, yeah, he could harness lightning, but there's some Titans out there that could not harness that power. It's a pretty strong power. So I got a good, you know, I've got a good odds against any other Joe Schmo fucking Titan. But <laughs> but if you're gonna be Hercules or what was the dummy you said, Stephen? Dummy, Kronos. Yeah, if you're gonna be, dummy? if you're gonna be, oh my god, he's getting mad. Do you know Holy Greek shit! Mythology? Everyone looked down. Everyone looked down. Everyone looked down right now. But but. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I'm going to go up against Kronos or Hercules, then yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to lose. But if I'm going to go up against, uh, what was that that stupid Titan who like was in charge of like fairies and love and shit? I think uh, you're talking about Greek gods Arch- now. Oh, Greek yeah, yeah. Titans. That's confused with gods. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll knock one of them out. First off, Titans is the only thing I need to say plural. It's not a singular, so I get multiple But you can't titans. be, I'm not going to, well, if I'm all the lightning bolts in the world, I beat you then. I don't know. I got a lot of Titans. All oh right, guys. Oh, my God. Semantics. So we can agree that if all of the mascots went into a cage... Titans wins because I mean, let's be honest. If you're the Falcons or the Ravens, yeah, no, you're you probably all the birds are wiped out by any Patriot. I mean, he's gonna shoot them down. So with with or, or, a, buck, or a Buccaneer God, with with the with Texans, that, I swear to God, dude, the Texans lose to a Patriot. Yeah. Okay, hey, so that get out is of here. fucking debatable. You respect America? <laughs> God damn it! I do. I have a question. If a if it's a funny because te- both of them are very patriotic. Yeah. If, 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 a, like, a, if a Texan if a Texan is looking one direction and a panther comes up and bites his fucking head off, who wins? Hey. The Texan has three hundred and sixty degree view because he has other Texans watching his back. You oh my god. Oh, oh, nice. Wow. Okay. God bless so, America. So, so you took a bunch of Texans, you just roped them all together facing opposite directions. With a rope, for sure. Okay. So talking about Houston Texans. I want to talk about the ones who die first. So if oh we put God. all of the NFL oh mascots in a cage, which ones die first? Uh, see- oh, you <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. I love you. I, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I see a Seahawk as like a glorified seagull. Yeah. So that thing's out and done, dude. What's the 49er doing? He's panning for gold. Yeah, but at least he doesn't he die kill for gold. He can yeah. kill a bird. He can kill a bird. He has a tray that he goes like this. And he he like shifts, shifts some water yeah. and finds and a gold. And with that gold, he goes and buys a shotgun and he shoots that fucking <laughs> Seahawk. And he Seahawk. Yeah. to the Houston Texans. That's how that works. the Texan handle business. Oh, God, Texas. It's the Seahawks. They die first. The Seahawks go first. The other ones that I thought should be on this list... Uh, Saints, sorry, uh, Dude, probably not. They like, they're probably not Dolphins. Fighting, now the Saints, the Saints probably aren't fighting. Dolphins are underrated. smart. They are smart. That's dude. underrated. They are smart. <laughs> the dolphins. Yeah, but if a dolphin jumps jumps out of water, that's, if, that's yeah. Whoa, what the fuck was that? Was that a dolphin? Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That that was almost confused with a ram, kind of. But oh, don't. Dude, oh. <laughs> all you hear for rams is oh my god. Oh, everyone, be careful. There's a ram in the room. Yeah, the speaker just blew out. And really the other one that this. should be on this list is Packers. They oh my of God. all of the humans, yeah. Packers yeah. die yeah. first. Yeah, is if he you, literally sitting like in the back of like a FedEx building, just like packing boxes? Is that what we're doing? Are we just talking about a dude <laughs> eating cheese? What are we talking about over here? Yeah, my God, what is a list? packer? Like, is I, I, who's genuinely packing stuff? That's yes. what I thought. I that's thought it was just like a too. dude sitting in like the back aisle of FedEx, like just loading. I honestly thought loading my mascot was cheese. Loading my football <laughs> cards into a fucking box and shipping them to me. Yeah, that's what a packer is. Mike, I hope when you listen to this, you understand that you are like the worst five. Mascots in the NFL in a cage match. Your team's the Packers die in the top five Easily. for sure. Yeah. No, Easily. Not, not it. Um, Easily. But yeah, then like birds, sorry, like Ravens, Falcons. Birds go now. Not lasting long. This, this question will cover like a, a lot of the teams here. Does a bird take out like a, a four legged creature? Dude. An eagle can fucking take out uh, some kind of lot. Uh, now I will. Lion. I will give you this. A small lion. Small lion. We, yeah. forgot, we forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> Las Vegas. Out, Las Vegas just started a new team. It's the Las Vegas Small Lions. And the Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles take that. L V L O. The Las Vegas Little Lions. Little Lions. Little Lions. So the 
Eagles take out the Las Vegas Little Lions before the Detroit Lions come over and eat the Eagles, that's, and that's, it's over. That's for sure Antonio Brown's next tattoo, just the Las Vegas Little Lion, dude. Right there. That's his next fucking tattoo. LDL, yeah. yeah, dude. Him and Derek Carr are just Little Lions, bro. Let's go. Little Lions? Little Lions. It's not going to be long before Derek Carr blocks this podcast from his feed. <laughs> Didn't realize he had it on his... Alright, any other, <laughs> any other any other last comments about NFL on I, I will say we did all pick real those were probably the top four right there. The only, uh, the only other thing besides a giant, I would question is a jet. Like, yeah, fly that's what a, I said. like a Boeing 747 into like somebody's face, they're done. Yeah, like if you take a jet and you like bomb a Titan, I mean, I don't know that you win, but you at least put up a good fight. Yeah, and I mean, a, a, a giant, you probably would. You get right in the eyeball or something, you're done. I think you can a giant. I'm just saying, yeah. Texas is bigger than a jet. I'm telling you, it, I could straight carpet bomb Texas Jesus. with a handful straight of jets. Jesus and you get a group of Texans out there with fucking. With like shotguns and stuff. Oh right my god! Like, I'll do stealth bombers. You won't even be able to see them with those literally like talking to us. Like talking to us. We're talking about bombing Texas with stealth bombers. Okay. Alex is over here like I'm gonna shoot you me. down with a shotgun. I'm you, Texas. I love you. He's like, give me my shotgun. For the record, I visited Texas once. It's beautiful. I get it. Uh, I wouldn't actually oh, bomb yes. in real no, life. No, we were talking about the mascots. We are talking about yes. the mascots. We don't want to piss off the majority of our listeners. Texas and India, we're all good. And so, <laughs> and so we're, we're, all, we're, all set, we're all set on that one. And uh, I think we established the top four. We, we picked really good, guys. I like that. that was I can't right. believe we talked about that for almost 15 minutes. But, but that, I think that's impressive. Like, impressive. When, we, when we get to episode like 146, let's just ref- like... Reference back to this one. Oh, trust I, me, I will be. Okay, yeah. cool. I like that. <laughs> okay, Wait. so now talking real life here, okay? Oh, fantasy it. football. Because, real life fantasy. Yeah, because <laughs> fantasy is life, all right? So, it's real life. Uh, we're talking, we're going to talk about some tight ends here. Um, so we're going to go reverse order this time because uh, Drew always gets hosed even though he takes um, super long notes. Yeah, Drew's um, getting hosed uh-huh. talking about tight ends today. That's pretty <laughs> typical. That's a typical Sunday for Drew. Wow, that is, um, I'm so, so flattered. So I definitely Drew, slurped that down. So Drew, um, <laughs> Drew, your top five fantasy tight ends okay. for 2019. I like this. I'm not, I'm not usually on this end of... Dude, pressure's yeah. on, dude. Pressure's the, on, dude. The, oh, my God. You Alex. better have the same five as us. Don't look at me. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, so my top five. I think, number one, if nobody has Travis Kelsey there, uh, I guess that's fine, but I don't really like you anyway. Two, George Kittle. Three, Zach Ertz. Four, nice. here's where we switch it up. Four, I roll in with Jared Cook. Now on the Whoa. Saints. Now on the Saints. Number five... Uh, and these last two, uh, well, I only go into five. I did throw in six just because they're neck and neck for me. Yeah. But uh, I have five at OJ Howard and six at Hunter Henry. Both of them, I, lo- I would love to have both of them at five. Injury concerns for both. Obviously, OJ Howard playing last year with injuries. Hunter Henry coming off an injury, missing most of the year. He did play that one game. Well, OJ did miss six games at the end of the season. Oh, no, he definitely yeah, did. Yeah. But he was still playing in, most, in, in a, a decent amount of the season while Hunter Henry played, I think, their Week 17 game. He played a game for them. He okay. didn't play in the playoffs. No. They no Hunter him. Henry missed the whole year. He, he didn't play. Oh, he didn't play a single game? I thought, whole, he, I thought he had, whole, like, two snaps. Season. Okay, never mind. Then he did not. But, but – he has the way he was looking before he got hurt was great. They're yeah. feeding yeah. him the ball, uh, uh, and I and I'm a closet Chargers fan. Uh, OJ Howard, I love OJ Howard now with what he we've seen from him when he is healthy. Uh, now with the Bruce Arians offense, hopefully we can rein in Jameis Winston, and 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 we all know that we they love to pass in that offense. If we can rein him in, cut down the interceptions, 
feed it to the tight end a little more. They have now more options going on there. I, I, and they did get rid of uh, who's the receiver they got rid of? Sean Humphreys Jackson. and Deshaun Jackson <laughs> and Humphreys. Uh, and I'm hoping between Evans. Um, Goodwin and OJ Howard. It's going to be a killer offense, but um, that's where I have those guys ranked at right now. Nice. All right, Steven, your top five. <clears throat> this is probably a first for Drew and I, but I have the exact same top five. I love you. With with, <laughs> with, with Kelsey number one, with Kittle number two, Ertz at three, Jared Cook at four, and OJ Howard at five. Oh my five. god. Uh, with the same with the same mindset of okay, I want to put Hunter Henry in my top five because I believe he is going to approach that but with his coming off an ACL yep. tear I was uh, concerned and like we said OJ missed the last six games uh six weeks of the regular season <laughs> but before he got injured he was having a great year with 34 receptions and four uh 565 yards and five touchdowns which translates to almost a thousand yards and about eight touchdowns Dude, he looked year. he looked great he's gonna look great look great he's huge he's big too but you, you, you touched on him, so I'm going to touch a little bit more on Jared Cook. Yeah, oh, four. I love Jared Cook. Go ahead. Jared Cook is in a big, uh, had a big year last year with 68 catches and 900 yards for six touchdowns and had great chemistry with Carr, and let's say Breeze is much better than Carr, in my opinion, yes. especially when it comes to accuracy. And I think Breeze not having a second option besides you last week you mentioned uh, uh, Smith coming in there and being yeah. that second guy. I think Jared Cooks is going to get the majority of yep. his second looks in that offense. Yep. I think he has an 1,000-yard season, and he's going to be approaching 10 touchdowns because that offense does not have a whole lot of options. They, they don't. They, they don't. As, as, as dynamic as it is, they really don't have as many mm-hmm. options. It's just that we have a great quarterback, and Sean Payton is a genius. Right? And, and I totally agree with you, and I'm going to add on top of that, on the off chance that Breeze doesn't, Take the you know a lot of the snaps this year. Maybe they do that whole thing with Hill again, where they have Hill fill in at quarterback, or maybe Teddy Bridgewater has a few more snaps. I think Cook's going to be a great option for that team. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver at easy, tight end, and easy. I think he's going to have a an amazing year. Easy, Alex. Alex. James, All right, so my top five is a little bit different than you boys. Uh, it actually, well, the, the number one is the same in Travis Kels. I really believe that, you know, him and Mahomes have a connection that is unlike most tight ends and quarterbacks in this league. But for number two, I have my boy Zach Ertz, who finished as the number two quarterback last year. Tight end. Uh, sorry, number two <laughs> tight end last year, who has Carson Wentz coming back at quarterback, who, yep. he, has an, who he has an established relationship with him. Um, I just, I believe that. They have worked a little bit longer together than Jimmy G and my number three tight end in George Kittle have. I think those top three are just so They're, interchangeable. Yeah, you can they are. flip yeah. a coin, but I, I do believe it goes Kels, Ertz, Kittle. And then for me, this man just got paid, mm. and it's Kyle Rudolph in mm. Minnesota. Yep. This guy is my number four tight end I like him. this year. I really believe that I know you have Diggs on the outside, you have Phelan on the outside, you have Dalvin Cook coming back. You drafted another tight end. You drafted another tight end, but you just paid this man. So what I'm saying is, when you get into the red zone, Cook, uh, Diggs, and Thielen are all great for intermediate routes and everything. Yep. I think as soon as you get down to the end zone, this is who you trust. And the same thing goes for my number five uh, tight end, and that is David Njoku, mm. who stands 6'4", 246 pounds. And I realize you have OBJ on the outside, and I realize you have Jarvis Landry on the outside, and you have Nick Chubb up the middle. Yeah. But when you get into the red zone, you need a big body, thick, strong, just guy that will take you into the end zone. You can zip it to. Baker Mayfield is going to love Njoku this year. Yeah. He loved him last year, and I just feel like he's you know going to finish top 10. Top 10, yes. top 5 at, at least. Yeah, I agree with that. Or, 
top five, top ten at least. Like, yeah, you can so, see it happening for sure. Yeah, and my and my top three look the same as uh, Stephen and Drew's, and and I do agree. I think um, especially with um, oh gosh, which uh, which one the the receiver from Kansas City. Tyree Kill. Kill. With Tyree Kill potentially not coming back um, for at least a handful of games, I think Travis Kels gets that step on on George Kittle and Zach Ertz because there's, like, if Hill's gone, Kels becomes the number one option in Kansas City. And I don't necessarily see a world where Kittle or Ertz is that, like, only real kind of outside weapon for a team. So for, yeah, I have Kels, Kittle, Ertz. and then with uh, Evan Ingram is actually who I have it for. Wow. And the reason that I have Ingram in there is because, again, who else are they going to throw to? I do like, so like that. I, I like, I like that. a lot of the guys that you guys have talked she- about. But that's, I mean, that's it. So Evan Ingram and is the number two Golden, for Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Potentially. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking that we're going to see a transition this year. And Eli Manning is not going to be the starter. And it's not new news that rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends, those guys they can dump it off to. So I think in a PPR type of league, Evan Ingram is going to do really well. In a non-PPR league, I would probably ding him out of my top five. But we play PPR, I see him in there. Um, and then I actually uh, took the risk and put Hunter Henry uh, as my fifth. Wow. Um, I like I like OJ Howard. I don't know that I trust in that uh, Bucks offense to get in the end zone enough to make OJ Howard really worth it. Whereas I think the Chargers are going to see a lot of end zone trips this year. And so just pure opportunity. I like Hunter Henry in that top five. I really I quick some mid round guys. I, but what I want to just that? agree with him on the Evan Ingram thing. He oh. was up there too. I, I if OJ Howard and, and uh, Hunter Henry are hundred percent healthy, I like them better than him. But if he's not really piggybacking off what you did, said, David, just totally solidifying this. Uh, his rookie year, who's number five tight end, he had 115 targets. That was with Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall both being injured. Now you add Golden Tate and still Sterling Shepard's still been there. I highly doubt that's going to take a lot away from him. I do want to agree with Drew <coughs> and David and say that if we did do a top ten this week, I know we only kept it to five. If we did do a top ten, I guarantee all mm, ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have Evan yeah. in the top he, ten. He'd be, he'd be within, right within yeah. six to se- or five yeah. to seven. Five to seven. He was he was a coin flip for me and Njoku. I, yep. I just went with yep. Njoku because yep. I, I feel the <clears> And I've had Njoku but, on my fantasy team for like three years, and he just can't quite get there. Um, you'd so love I don't to see, see the him. I would touchdown. love to see him, but um, I just haven't seen him yet. So Mid-rounder, Mid- Drew, who you got? Uh, my mid-rounder, you'll like this, Alex, is Dallas Goddard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I do like Dallas Goddard a lot. Um, I think I've we've heard nothing but good things out of out of that camp so far about him. Uh, catching everything that's ho- thrown his his direction, uh, he's not necessarily taking um, taking the number one snaps right because we have Ertz there. But but when he when he is playing, he's he's looking amazing out of there, n- n- running great routes, catching the ball. He, I, I mean, we've seen what he did, we've done. He's right. He's not a total rookie. He's played a year, and and I think it's it's you know if you have Ertz, if you're in a, right, we're in a keeper league. If you're keeping Ertz. I definitely would prioritize getting uh, Dallas if you can. And if you get to Dallas before the owner of Ertz has, I think that's a great chip to hang on to, especially if a deep bench. We have a deep bench in our league. Not all leagues do. But if you can afford to keep him on there, especially at a tight end position, which we all know in fantasy can be hit or miss. And that's like, like we, I think we can all agree that the top tier of tight ends, there's a huge gap yeah. between top tier, what tier one, 
all the way down to tier else. two, and then you drop tier three is way. It's just, just the production is so different. And I think if you can get Dallas Goddard in there, uh, he's 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 got also has the eighth easiest schedule for tight ends. Again, with Ertz in there, they could run uh, they could run some some formations with both of them. I I don't see it happening a whole lot, but God forbid something happens to Ertz or 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 they end up just for some reason putting Dallas Goddard in there. It's it, a handcuff. He he. It, oh, it definitely is a handcuff to the owner. But if you're not the owner of him, that's almost like getting. Uh, Austin Eckler, if you don't have Melvin Gordon, like you yeah. can still play that to your advantage. Absolutely. And and let's put it, I firmly believe if uh, Ertz goes down, Goddard's an instant top five tight end. It's instant. because this is the second year now that Goddard has worked essentially r- right behind Zachary. Yep. They're, they're, they have gotten this relationship now where Goddard has uh, accepted the I am the mentor, you are the mentee role. And yep, he is. He's definitely balling for these Eagles uh, in the red zone. Is what we used Goddard for a lot last <clears throat> yeah. year. Uh, Ertz was used every other every other spot on the field, literally two yards, seven yeah. yards, sixteen yards, and they and they yards. and they get, they give him the rest, put Goddard in exactly. in the red zone. And I agree with you, and I love that pick. Yep. And that's not just because I'm an Eagles fan, but he really did. He could. I, he's really a, he's a star way to shine. Just about everything yeah. in the end and, zone. And right? even and again, if it's a dynasty league or or a keeper league or whatever, right? Your situation dictates, but. I, I mean, even if you can hang on to him and wait for Ertz to either change teams, lose production, get old, whatever the hell it's going to be, that is a star in the making. Steven, who you got? Mid-rounder, bro. So, in, in my mind, when it comes to tight ends, mid-rounders are sleepers and sleepers are mid-rounders. Just because there's just a lack of talent in the NFL. With right. And it's hard to get production of the talent position. Like you said. So, uh, really, it is. Um, my my mid-round guy, at least this is where he's getting drafted, is uh, Noah Faint from yeah. Denver. Uh, Joe Flacco has always shown a propensity to throw to his tight ends. He yeah. did it a lot when he had a when, with uh, Dennis Pitta yep. as well as Ed Dixon out there with the Ravens. And I think Noah Faint steps in. He's already the number one in Denver, in my opinion. High upside, lower ceiling than a lot of the guys. Or I mean, lower floor, higher ceiling than a lot of the guys, especially his teammate T.J. Hawkinson. Yep. Who I was I was really debating between the two guys because I loved him so much. But there's not a whole lot of options out there in Denver for Joe Flacco to throw to already. Yep. We only and have Corbin young. Sutton. And they're young. So I like Noah Faint. He's a guy with a lot of good speed who can be used as an Aaron Hernandez type player. He doesn't have to play only as a tight end. Not sorry to say Aaron Hernandez, but, <laughs> but he reminds me of a lot of Aaron Hernandez besides like you know the fact he murdered a guy. <laughs> you know, besides that. Um, that is out there. Just, just yeah. and in terms of his play, like physical. His style. His style of play. He's yeah, very, physical. very physical. He plays in the, he plays in the slot because he's a faster guy so no offense my guy but Alex I'd love to hear about your guy my guy uh, my mid-rounder is actually going to be CJ Uzoma from, oh, wow. from okay. Cincinnati and that's not a huge surprise no uh, right. he's definitely like if you look up mid-round tight end I'm pretty sure CJ Uzoma's this picture is what defines mid-round definition. tight end yep. uh, but only because the only reason why I'm picking him is because I truly feel like Tyler Eifert's time in the NFL has come and gone. Mm. Uh, his his injury, it's very sad, dude. It really is because he's gotten so injured, like like career threatening injuries, like three years in a row. He yeah. comes back. He's ankle, such a ankle, work. back. Ankle, ankle, back. How can you have two severe ankle injuries and a back injury and come back and be a Pro Bowl tight end? I don't think that's gonna happen. I know C.J. Ozuma uh, fit in last year with forty three receptions, four hundred thirty nine yards, and three touchdowns. It was very evenly distributed throughout the year. You can see, you know, when when Ertz was or uh, 
sorry, excuse me, when Eifert was in, it was, you know, a catch for 15 yards and a touchdown. When he wasn't <laughs> in, it was four catches for 54 yards, no touchdowns, yeah. but he got targeted in the red zone, and I really think that he has the chance to step up as soon as Eifert goes down like he has the past three years. He's going to be right in the mid-tier flyer round for you. So. Yeah. And, and I think Cincinnati just in general has proved through um, through his time, Eifert's time, that whoever the backup is can be fantasy relevant. Tyler like Tyler Croft. Croft literally got signed by a team solely on the fact that he was a backup guy um, in Cincinnati and got plenty of playing time. So, yeah, I think um, that Cincinnati kind of backup tight end role is maybe the most dependable backup tight end role in the NFL as far as production. Andy Dalton doesn't care who's there. He's throwing it to the tight end. Yep. So, he's yeah. my pick. And then uh, my mid-rounder uh, is Trey Burton over in Chicago. Um, I think we're going to see Chicago's offense take a step forward this year. I think they have a lot of speed threats. I think they got a lot of guys who can take the top off of defense or you know more kind of gadget-style guys like Tariq Cohen. Uh, and I think that Trey Burton potentially fits that that middle round, especially where they got rid of, of Howard. And, and I understand that Howard, however you feel about him, I think I feel stronger about Howard than a, than a lot of folks, but Howard ate up a lot of touches in the red zone. And... Oh, somebody's phone just over here messing Siri, up. Siri wanted, Siri, Siri wanted to jump Siri, in and give Siri her opinion on tight ends. Yep. Little uh, does she know, we don't <laughs> like her. So, But yeah, so Trey Burton is my uh, mid-round guy. I just think he could even step into that top 10 role um, if if Chicago's offense really goes well. I like that pick. Yeah, so talking about, about sleepers, <laughs> and I'll agree with Steven. I think with tight ends, it can be really hard. Like, yeah. tier guys are sleepers, sleepers are mid-tier and guys. They're all kind of in that, like, tier three. Group. They are, and for my, my, so sleeper. my, my sleepers, are a rookie, the only reason he, right, we haven't seen him play in the NFL yet, so I'm kind of just like, got? it's a hit or miss. Pronunciation here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kahaley Waring, uh, the tight end that the Texans took in the third round, I am Amped on this guy Wearing, right yeah. now. Wearing. Amped on this guy. Uh, he, first of all, he just looks like a great tight end. He, uh, <clears throat> he's he's making great progressions in in Texas uh, training camp. He's playing really great. Playing with the ones right now, right? As we all know, their uh, their tight end that they had, Ryan Griffin. He decided to go punch out a hotel window when he saw the Texans <laughs> draft a tight end in the draft. And that was funny to watch. They released him the next day. Yeah. So, uh, so this, so, so uh, this, this guy's looking really good. Uh, he, he I, has great. I hate ahead. to put you on the spot. Do you have height, weight, speed on him? Uh, I have height and weight. Don't necessarily have speed. What's what's his height, weight? Uh, his height and weight, uh, 6'5", 252 pounds. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. You big high weight guy? I am. <laughs> it I'm, sounds I'm, like it. Oakland Ra- <laughs> I'm an Oakland Raider. I'm a part of, no, no, really so, no. I'm a big high weight guy and speed. Tight end. What I a like tight end. what I like about this guy is everything from 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 his his college days at San Diego State. He he has he looks really good when when he when he he takes off, opens his hips up when he's catching the ball, doesn't gear down at all one bit. He he faces the quarterback keeps fucking moving at a, at a at a constant speed. His ball handling skills, they so far they've either been great or they've been poor. He makes a, amazing exceptional catches and then he drops some pretty simple catches in college so far. One thing the Texans are working on. Uh, his run blocking, he's highly competitive with that. Uh, he's he's that would might have been his weakest point in his early years in college, but he is he's excelled now at the run blocking at the tight end position. I really like him a lot. Nothing but good news out of out of Texas with him. 
uh, with the tight with the Houston's, excuse me. Uh, nothing but good news from him, and, and I'm really excited to kind of see where that goes. I think that yeah. team could use uh, a versatile tight end that can block and can catch all at the same time. Nice. Steve, who's your flyer, bro? Um, Fly me out. It, it, this is more to do with the quarterback than the tight end for my sleeper, uh, Mark Andrews out of uh, Baltimore. <clears throat> I, I, he, he has a great repertoire. At the very end of the year, we really saw Lamar target Mark Andrews. Yeah. What I really like about Mark Andrews was his days in Oklahoma. He played with Baker, and Baker targeted this guy all the time. Baker loved Mark Andrews um, because the guy can block, and he's big time in big catches, especially in the end zone. So I do like Mark Andrews quite a bit. Um, What's his high weight? Because I feel like, Stephen, correct me if, you're, if, I'm, if, if you think that this is wrong, but I feel like, honestly, he played like more of a uh, big slot <laughs> receiver for, for Baltimore last year. It, most of his catches... He's 6'5", 256. It was like three... He had like three catches for like 103 yards and a touchdown because mm-hmm. his, his yards per catch was like 16 point something... 16.2. 16.2 yards per reception. Yep. So he's catching the ball downfield yep. and then just taking off. Exactly. And that's what he did. I mean, he had an, he was in a thousand yard receiver as a tight end in college. I'm oh. sorry. That is tough that is to do. How? It is. He it had is. 34 receptions for 552 <laughs> yards last year. Yeah, that's and crazy. So with that with that it's 34 catches for 552, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Baltimore didn't just go I last time I checked they didn't, you know, get Randy Moss in the draft or anything. So right. I think I still think Lamar is a run first team. They're going to use Mark Andrews, and they're going to use Hayden Hurst, who would have been my other sleeper had yep. I not liked Mark Andrews more. I think Mark Andrews this coming year in that Baltimore offense with Lamar Jackson in mini camps and camps, he's starting to look like he can actually throw the ball. Um, I think they're going to use a lot of two tight end sets, and we're going to see we're going to see him get the ball a lot versus Hayden Hurst, who is more of a blocker in my opinion. So that's why I got Mark Andrews. Also, I have a really good friend, Jamie Phelps. Shout out to you who's uh, good friends with Mark Andrews. They went to high school together, so I have got a little bit of a soft spot in my heart for Mark. (laughs) I like that. I really like that pick because my pick was between the guy that I actually picked and (laughs) Mark Andrews. So, And it's funny because you picked a guy that is going to probably be in a two-tight-end scheme, and I also picked a guy that I think that once you get into the red zone can also be in a two-tight-end scheme, and that's Jordan Thomas from Houston, (laughs) the guy that Andrews guy is competing with right now. Um, Jordan Thomas last year, his rookie year, had 20 catches, 215 yards, and four touchdowns. If you remember with C.J. Uzoma, who's my mid-round guy, he had 43 catches, 439 yards, and three touchdowns. So what I'm saying is Jordan Thomas gets in the end zone. Get He, he, he is their red zone tight end. And yes, excuse um, <coughs> Uh, remind uh, Warren. me, Warren is it has been working with the ones, but Jordan yeah. Thomas has also been working at the ones. I, I have to admit, he has looked good at different yeah. times. There is no solidified number one. Exactly. So yeah. I, I really feel like yeah, you and yeah. I have like oh, yeah. this dual thing. One of us will come out on top of where us. they yep. can they can they can play two tight ends. Well, they could, yeah, easily, yeah. Just like just like you were saying with Mark Andrews, I feel like they could really you know Hurst and Andrews, jo- uh, Thomas and uh, Warren. Warren could be those could be those you know two tight ends. Uh, big guy, red zone targets. Because they already have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I would, yeah exactly. Right. And so then, picture and, 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 Hopkins, two tight ends, and and, and, and if you and if you have uh, if you have QT QT and um, underneath and uh, why am I spacing on his Will name? Will Fuller? Uh, Fuller, but Fuller's a healthy issue. But when Fuller is on the field, we're not on wide receivers now. But he's deadly when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. He just can't stay on the field. 
But yeah, and the only reason why I say Jordan Thomas, well, another reason why I say Jordan Thomas, it's funny that your guy came from San Diego State because yeah. Jordan Thomas came from San Diego State the year prior, and I wonder if they, you know, kind of saw similarities. Oh, I'm sure in the they game. did. I'm sure they loved that two of that one guy. Exactly, 51 passes in his year at San Diego State. Um, dude can catch. I, David. Oh. oh. Well, actually, yeah. just had one question on Jordan Thomas, and and I'm trying. I'm spacing. I'm trying to find the stats right now. And this is not a knock on him because I do really like his game. I'm pretty sure he had three of those touchdowns in the same game, if I'm not mistaken. That they had a three touchdown game. Didn't he have a three touchdown? And you guys can mistaken me. <clears throat> mistake, you know, you can. No. I, I believe he had all those touchdowns in one game. He had three of them in one game. If I'm, I'm trying to find it, where I think one of them was in garbage time. It was. I, I'm just which not sure. sure. Which is still a but touchdown. But I, I do fantasy. like. I just think sometimes when you have a three touchdown game, sometimes your stats can look a little bl- inflated. Remember, yeah. Inflated. Remember Adrian Claiborne a couple years ago, last year, two years ago, uh, he had what like eight sacks, but he had five of them in one yep. game. And right. I, and and so I'm just wondering, does his stats look inflated, <clears throat> or are you more focused on his style of play? Well, that and the fact that Ryan Griffin got. Cut. Just opportunity. Athlete, exactly. He's going to have more of an opportunity. Obviously, Ryan Griffin knew that he was competing with Jordan Thomas all of last year, saw that Thomas had four touchdowns, saw that that was going to be a competition for him coming into this year, and then the Texans drafted another tight end on top of that, which pissed him off and made him punch you know, a window and shatter it and get cut. <laughs> so that, that's, obviously, he saw something. Obviously, the Texans see something. I, I feel like I'm seeing something, so I'm rolling with it. Let's go, Jordan Thomas. There you go. Yeah. And then my sleeper, I'm cheating here. My sleeper is whoever gets the starting tight end role for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and so that could be um, Nick Vanette. It could be Will Disley. It could even be Jacob Hollister, um, who a lot of us actually know because he went uh, to high school, uh, to our rival high school. But, you know, you look at Doug Baldwin is leaving. Um, and, and I realize they have, like, some receivers there. But <laughs> you're losing that kind of comfort blanket yep. in um, – in Baldwin, he's gone. DK Metcalf just doesn't have that route running ability. Mm-hmm. And so I think that whoever gets that starting role for the Seattle Seahawks at tight end has a shot to, you, I mean, potentially even get up into like the top 10. Who's the guy that you think is going to win the battle out there? I have no idea. I, I don't know who's going to win. I like Disley a little better. Yeah. That's, um, I, I, like think, Disley, I, think, but... I think you're right, David. I think we see uh, Metcalf. I could see Metcalf almost like mirroring. Uh, lock it on like some deep routes. You got to have some sort of receiver on it. And then I know they have other receivers, but I think one of the tight ends will step up and I guess I really like open up Vinette. that underneath. I really like Vanette. Yeah. Out of the two of them, uh, Disley had that injury he last did. year with his knee. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried about Vanette had the same injury coming out of college, right. but he had a full healthy season yeah. last year. And I and I just feel like you know Ohio State has the pedigree. As much as I hate saying that, Shane, I hope you're listening. You, piece of poop <laughs> uh, Ohio State has the pedigree and they have they produce players they produce NFL players man that's what they yep. do so sweet so that is our uh, tight ends hit us up let you know let us know what you think um, as we kind of get into closing here um, we're gonna start with the easiest division this week and then for the next seven weeks after this one we're gonna talk about each division in the NFL and where we think this is all gonna stack up we're starting with the easy one this week because we had a lot Um, of other stuff in this podcast. We're starting with the AFC East. I think pretty much everybody can agree at this point um, that the Patriots are likely going to win that division again. There was some ideas that maybe the Jets could push them, um, and then the Jets were the Jets, and they do what they always do, and they figure out a way to make themselves worse somehow. Um, So I think we can all agree that the Patriots are going to be one. I also think we could probably unanimously decide that the Dolphins are probably going to be in last in that division. Uh, I mean, it I think that they could win some games, but they're tanking. 
Steven, you, you disagree that we'll the Dolphins are going to end last? We'll get the break. Yep. No, we, we're not taking another break today. Well, we're, we're getting taking, right into it? Yeah, we're stopping right into oh, it. Oh, I'm stoked. There you go, dude. <laughs> let's there go, go dude. Let's if we're going right after it, we're talking about the Dolphins. Let's start, let's start with the Dolphins. We're going to be at the bottom. Let's um, see jump in. I'm sorry. Well, I'll, I'm going to let you guys no. kind of have this topic a lot because everyone knows how big of a Patriots fan I am. They're yep. going to win this division. They're going to win it next year. They're going to win it the year after. And guess what? <clears throat> Tom Brady's still going to run this division for another three years. Suck it, Jeff. I, Suck I, it, Dolphins. Suck it, Bills. I would but, not. I would not eat that up, slurp it down, or poop it out. You would not. The Dolphins <clears throat> are not the worst team in this division. That would actually belong to the Buffalo Bills. I think the head coach that they hired, the defensive coordinator Flores, is going to be great with the Dolphins. And their pick, they they mostly did stuff on the offensive side of the ball, yeah. uh, bringing in Rosen, who I like Rosen, and I think and not uh, Mike Jacecki is actually one of my sleepers for tight ends. Yeah. I really like his game. I think he was used a little bit underrated, but I think the Dolphins will finish third in this division. I know and, that's not a huge and, difference. Than, no, and then last place. Right, but, and no. I I didn't mean any disrespect. Of, I <laughs> actually, I mean, from Alex can tell you, I jumped on the the Flores pick. Like, the moment he got hired, I yeah. thought he was a great pick. It just seems like the Dolphins were like, eh, you guys can have this season. We're going to play in more long-term. We're going to see what's up with Josh Rosen. If we win four games that this year, great. And they're, you know, they're looking to make that next step the following year. I um, just think this year, watch out. I think they are a sneaky good team that plays everyone really tough. I agree with you. Like I a Boston College in the NFL. Exactly. They play everyone tough. I think they still get four or five wins, like you're saying, yeah. but I think they're winning close games. And you think the Bills lose more? You think the Bills The Bills win? are a two-win team. Whoa. I know, it's a bold. So, I'm, so I'm Steven, on the opposite Steven end likes of that Patriots, spectrum. Jets, Dolphins, Bills. So yeah. it's Jets, Dolphins, Bills. For and and, and for me, I believe the Jets can be in the right situation. I think they can be playoff bound this year. Yep. So. I think I could agree That's with intense. that. That's intense. That's intense. I'll jump in and say I think you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Lightning and Titans fighting each other again. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, Patriots will, will definitely take it. Don't, I don't see that changing until Tom Brady's gone or Belichick's gone. But I'm not as down on the Bills as you are. I actually uh, like the Bills better than the Dolphins. I, I like their coaching staff a lot. Uh, offensive coordinator Brian DeBall had uh, 11 seasons with the Patriots and five five of the Super Bowl wins with him too just just as a as a coordinator system coordinator but he's now their offensive coordinator uh, and, and then and then their head was it, it, it did he get hired this year or was he hired <laughs> last year he was he was hired last year 2017 he was he was with Alabama when when they took the championship uh, but but Sean McDermott, I think he, I think he has an idea of what he wants being head coach there. I think he has an idea of what he wants. We, I really liked what we saw out of their defense last year. Really liked what we saw there. Yeah. Their offense was falling apart. And, and again, uh, the the stat that I can't like take my mind off of. And again, you don't want your quarterback doing this. Your but, quarterback cannot have over 500 yards rushing. But but though, and those those were unplanned yards. Exactly. And, and look at and look at this. Look at this. Uh uh uh. uh Baltimore's new Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, his he was very close, but those were planned running. Those were those were scripted running yards. Josh Allen's had the same yards. They're unscripted running so yards. What makes you I think their love lines any better? What? What? No, I no, I don't think their O lines any better at all. I think their quarterback's smarter. Is what I think. Oh, you think he's smarter? Than I, than I, I think he is. Okay. I, 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 or smarter I, than last year. Smarter than last year. I th- I don't mean like he's like IQ smarter. No, Obviously, I, I think I think he's I think he's football smarter. Almost, I guess you could say even just better better instinct. 
maybe instead of smarter, it might be a better way to put it. But I, I again, the offense needs a lot of work going from from quarterback throws, receiver catches, running back age, uh, offensive line help and health. All of that needs help. I really like we saw out of their defense, a few tweaks here and there in the secondary mostly, uh, and, and I think you just. Again, I don't think they're going to take it this year. I don't think they're going to take it next year. But if this whole, if the whole upper staff, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, staying staying together, Leslie Frazier is their defensive coordinator. I really like what he's done too. If we if we stick with that for a couple of years, help the offensive side of the ball, I can see that team going to the going to the. My so so Patriots. Who's your number two? I uh, are we talking about this year or this or, year? This year, I see Patriots, uh, Jets. Bills, Dolphins. I would love to see whenever Tom Brady's out of the fucking building, uh, the Jets and the Bills fighting for that top spot. I think the Dolphins will be right there fighting for that top spot. And the reason, and I'm gonna let Alex go right here. Uh, I, I just think that Sean McDermott's gonna be out of town this year. Like interesting. Gone. He's 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 already been there two years. He hasn't. Interesting. He's gone. I'm see, I, I hope I'm right hoping now. I hope they play with the long game with him. No one does in the NFL anymore. I know, I know. Well, well, what about Marvin Lewis with the Bengals? Was, he played the long term game. Yeah, grandfather did. Okay, he's the but, only. But guy still, but still, like, it just. And I'm, I'm just they made Lewis a lot of kept that job, and I'm sorry if people are offended about this. But yeah, exactly because the owner. Yeah, because the owner. The owner felt. Like he had a connection to him, and that he could literally manipulate anything on that roster. That's, exactly that's what fair. Happened. That's fair, and I and and that's fair. We don't need to go into the details, of all that. AJ but but uh, all that. if I think if uh, if they all stick together, if McDermott can stay there, if they get rid of him, yeah, then I then my my pick changes. But if he stays there, I like what I see. Well, all right, Alex, I have to stick with my original <laughs> freaking You don't. You I don't do. have to stick are with Are you guys it. giving me a pass? I'm giving well, you care I'm, giving, I'm fucking wrong. I'm giving I'm you a I'm pass not. because the Jets are always the Jets. Yeah. And literally, you said, I think the Jets can win this division, and then they fired their GM two days later because the Jets are the Jets. Later. Yeah, so say something else stupid. I want to see their team go downhill. Well, <laughs> alright. So if I don't pick Jets number one, they're at least my number two team yep. behind the Patriots. Right. Finishing nine and seven. Okay. I really feel like like the Jets are going to be right there in contention. Um, I feel like Darnold has a huge step up this year. I feel like Chris Herndon, the tight end that they have, is going to is going to be a major key in their offense. I feel like Robbie Anderson is actually going to step up because he was supposed to step up last year and then had too much pressure. And he had flashes. And he had flashes, but he, he injuries, and he was the number one on the outside. And so if he's on an island out there, nothing else is happening over the middle. So. Yeah. Whatever. What I'm saying is, I really, I, I have to believe that Sam Darnold and the Jets can turn this thing around. It's not Adam Gase that I believe in. It's Sam Darnold. I believe in this kid, Sam Darnold. He's similar to Marcus Mariota for me, where they came out of the Pac-12. I've watched them their entire career through college. I I remember them coming in as high school seniors. Like I just have a special spot in my heart for these guys. But. <clears throat> I'm either going to say that I, I'm going to say right now that the, the Jets are finishing nine and seven, and that could be number one, tied for number one in that division, or the Patriots finish, you know, ten and six, Jets nine and seven, Bills, Dolphins right behind that. Um, that that's my top my top four for that division. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't believe in the Flores pick uh, for for the Dolphins. And it's not that I don't believe in Rosen, because I've told you guys yep. many times that I, I really do believe in Chosen Rosen. I just think that he needs uh, yep. he needs at least a year there. And, dude, that's so unfair to say. Like, 
Right. That's, that's like to me being like, okay, Kyler Kyler Murray is gonna, uh, you know, take them to the top of that division as soon as he gets there. Like it's like it's not it's not fair. It's yeah. not. And it's not feasible to say that you know Rosen as soon as he gets to Miami he's taking him to the top. It's no, not. There's, there's, and I, there's the Rams in the in the NFC uh, North with with the, uh, with the West. West West excuse West, me yeah. excuse me with the Rams the Seahawks yeah, and the yeah. Niners that are all there yeah. and then in the AFC we've got the the Jets yeah. the Bills the Patriots yeah like there's it's just, and I it's feel like uh, Fitz Fitzpatrick is kind of like. He's a great backup for Fitz his team, magic. but Fitz Magic sucks Fitz for whoever sucks for whoever the other quarterback is there because like he's not he gonna plays be, just he's, good enough. Yeah, exactly. To, he's he's not gonna play great for like you know sixteen weeks, but he's gonna play great for the like four weeks you're not playing. Right, exactly. Yeah, and and then it's gonna it's gonna alter that whole team, and everyone's gonna start questioning. He's like he's the best backup quarterback you could have on a team. And every starting quarterback. And hates it sucks because they have the best. Yeah. They have the best backup quarterback, and they yeah. have the best backup backup quarterback yeah. in and, Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Right? And like, I, I know Brock Osweiler only Brock needs to Osweiler. play one game a year, and he'll look great. And that just don't push him on that. I swear to God, you can put Ryan Fitzpatrick in any fucking team, and he would make it look good for three weeks. You yeah. put him in the Patriots. Tom Brady takes the bench because he breaks oh his gosh. leg or something. I bet Ryan Fitzpatrick would make why, it look why like gold. Why are you gold. saying stuff like that? <laughs> because I don't like the Patriots. And no, 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 like yeah. So, so I, I agree with everybody else. Patriots win. I have the Jets at second. I have the Bills at third. I have the Dolphins in last. However, I also agree with Steven that I think when, when you see the Patriots go down at some point, I think the Dolphins are the future now of this division. Um, I mean, no disrespect to like, as long as Bill Belichick stays there, they're a threat to win a Super Bowl every year. Um, but how long can you kind of keep up the same thing? And I think the Dolphins are just in that spot where, you know, if, if Rosen clicks and, and Flores is decent, you know, you're talking about a team that wins 9, 10 games uh, potentially every year. They, they finally feel like they're kind of building a core there, which, which is super helpful. And, and Stephen did say it earlier, at what ha- it, it, is, it sucks having Tom Brady in your division because – what if, what what if one of those three teams, other than the Patriots, loses two years in a row, three years in a row, and you can the head coach? Yeah. All these head coach, uh, you know, the Bills have a he's been there for two years. McDermott's been there for it is going to be a second year, and then the other two head coaches are brand new this year. So what if they what if they? Dude, Todd Bowles was only in I mean, New who, York I, for three years. Yeah, I know. Adam and Gase was only there for one year. Too. Yeah, and in it's Miami, like it's like it's Miami. like it, it, by the time Tom Brady leaves the league, we could have a whole new set of head coaches. We have no idea what's going on. Very true. And, right. it's, and it just sucks. Yeah. So that's, that's our thoughts on the AFC East. Uh, tune in next week. Like I said, for the next seven weeks, we'll be talking about the divisions. Uh, next week, we're going to uh, do talk a little bit more about the NBA draft. We're talking about MLB all-star voting. We're going to go to the IDP side of things, talk defensive line and the woot, AFC woot. North uh, next week. So thanks for tuning in again. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, Turn feedback, it and burn it, baby. <laughs> reach us at Instagram, Facebook, or on uh, email with breakfast with the boys at gmail.com again that's breakfast with the b-o-y-z at gmail.com uh, until next week have a good one guys breakfast with the boys okay